You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me as always from North Carolina, the one and only Trey Barrett. What's up, Trey? What's going on, man? How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm pumped up because we're going to talk about our Fantasy Joe's Superflex Macasaurus in just a second, Trey. But before we get into it, let me also introduce from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will Greenwood, everybody. What's up, Will? Welcome, gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Joe's. I like that accent. I don't know what that is, but um, it's interesting. It's Greenwood um, Analytics at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> the, if only our listeners could see the expression on your face when you when you made that. <laughs> uh, I am at Roto Librarian Ryan Livergood in uh, cold, dreary Chicago, but that doesn't matter because we've got a bright show ahead. We are going to talk about this Superflex mock draft we're doing with some of our best and brightest friends in the Dynasty world. We have a lot of people. Let me just run down some of the people. I'll go basically based in draft order. Why don't I read the draft order? Trey, is there anything I should do to set up this draft? I mean, it's a super flex league. Um, yeah, full point PPR. Uh, starting requirements are pretty standard. Yeah, no, I think that's it, man. You know, it's two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, one super flex. Um, yeah, of course, one quarterback, one tight end. I, I think we, we specified like PPR scoring with four point passing touchdowns. So uh, pretty, pretty standard, really, I think, when it comes to, to doing mocks. Yeah, pretty standard. Uh, but, you know, what's not standard is doing this this time of year because we included the rookies as well, and that um, lent itself to some interesting discussions, some interesting picks, I think. But let me read through the draft order. Picking with the first pick overall at Quarter Hacks, Karen from Top Dog Dynasty Podcast. Then going number two, we got Peter Howard followed by his running back at number three, Jake Anderson. Um, then you had Travis May of Rotovisit at number four. Our very own Trey Barrett at number five. Paul Pertichese drafting number six overall. The mad scientist of Dynasty Football League's John Bosch at number seven. At the 108, we've got James the Brain, co-host of the Superflex Super Show. Our own Will Greenwood at number nine. Kyle Richardson at number 10. Tim Torch at number 11, and I'm bringing up the rear at number 12 on the turn. So that's who it was involved. So we had a great group of people, people that think differently about Dynasty, people that draft differently. So it made for a fun draft. Uh, Karen did not surprise anyone at the 101. She went with Saquon Barkley. No trades back or anything like that. Our first round, maybe a couple of minor surprises, but nothing that really stands out, nothing really odd. With these drafts, you kind of know how it's going to go. Um, Peter Howard at number two took Todd Gurley. Then Jake took DeAndre Hopkins at number three. Christian McCaffrey at number four, Travis May. Number five, Trey took Patrick Mahomes. It's a Superflex League. And number six, Paul Perkisi took Zeke at number six. Well, maybe it's a little bit of a fall for Zeke. But, um, guys, any, any thoughts? Trey, first six picks, pretty standard. Anything you want to say? Or should we just kind of keep going on until we get into some more interesting things that happened in this draft? Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty standard. I think you kind of expect Mahomes and, and Rodgers, um, I think, is still a, good, a, a great pick. You know, James staying on, uh, on brand there, taking his 101 at the, the 108. So 
I, I think that the first round for me, um, it's hard. Like I, I was like, you know, trying to pick my favorite pick or my least favorite. And I was like, oh, man, I don't really, I can't complain about any of those picks really. I thought it was all pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I'll just finish out the first round. Cause number seven, Bosch took Alvin Kamara, James, the brain number eight, staying on brand, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Michael Thomas, Will's favorite, he went to him at number nine. Then Kyle Richardson took Devontae Adams at 10. Uh, Tim Torch took Juju at 11, and I took Tyreek Hill at 12. So what is interesting was the next pick, uh, the 201. Um, there was this big-name wide receiver that was still on the board that surprised some of us, including me. Odell Beckham Jr. fell to me at the 201. Were you guys surprised by that? Or is it not a surprise considering – you know, all the buzz we hear about him in the offseason, like the Giants are going to trade him, the uncertainty with him, he's kind of a head case. Uh, still, he is an elite talent when he's healthy and playing. So why do you guys think he fell to the 201? Uh, so my thing is, with the one, Aaron Rodgers, going as early as he did, well, I think was a very interesting pick. I think Devontae Adams' touchdown production with, with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay has moved him up quite a bit to where he's at a spot where I think I, I, I would – Consider still taking o, you know Odell over him, but uh, it would be a decision. And then he fell to the two hundred one because you also had the one twelve and took Tyreek Hill in front of that. I mean, like I think those could be interchanged where he'd be the one twelve. And then I think with 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 Brown leaving Pittsburgh, that moves Juju up into that spot. And although it's not my favorite, uh, I I don't like I, I the process of choosing him there. I think is totally a, a fair process. So that's why. I mean, there's just been – it's not that – and OBJ was hurt, so we're forgetting about him. Yeah. Trey, anything to add, or should we, should we uh, push on? Yeah, I th- I, the, the only thing for me is if, if, if it were me that owned any of those picks, 109 through 112, Odell would have been the easy pick for me over, you know, Juju, uh, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, and, and Tyree Kill. And so <clears throat> I think that probably even he would have been my pick after Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes had gone at the 104, I would have taken Odell Beckham at the 105. So, you know, for me, you know, basically uh, I would have taken him anywhere in that range um, from the, from the, you know, 105 back. So I I think getting him at 201 is amazing. Like he, he just, when he's on the field, um, very, very, very few players have the upside that he does. After um, I picked Beckham at, with the 201, uh, Tim Torch took Mike Evans at the 202, which I really like this pick. And I'm wondering, guys, if I made a mistake. Just out of curiosity, do you, do you value Tyreek Hill over Mike Evans or vice versa? Because I think Mike Evans is one of these guys that we always underrate. And I don't know. I, I, I think in hindsight I should have taken Mike Evans because as much as I like Tyreek Hill, there's just some part of me that, that worries about his long-term viability. Like I can see – um, Mike Evans playing in the league longer than Tyreek Hill, or, or do you guys disagree? Did I make the right pick? I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happens with Tyreek Hill coming into his fourth year here, as well, because this will be contract year, correct? So that uh, I, I wonder how they're going to sign him long term, what they're going to do. I'm actually pretty sure they will, but you just uh, there, there's some uncertainty there. I, I don't actually. I don't think that, I don't disagree because I think we're just seeing the beginning of what Tyreek Hill's limit can be he's proved himself as an extremely adept route runner and his uh, uh field vision is the term i'm going to use he just knows where to be at the right time he also 
is one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite go-tos when he's under pressure. So a great young quarterback with a cannon of an arm with a guy who's super fast. I do think his long-term, if that speed, when that speed or if that speed wears away, you know, that could go downhill faster. But I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say that I would, I would regret that. Yeah, I mean, I don't like deeply regret it, but you know, and looking at this now, I'm like, hmm, Trey, what, what do you think? D- this quickly, uh, Tyreek Hill or Mike Evans? I think that I like the pick. I, I like going Tyreek Hill. I think that you know he he's going to single handedly win you a couple games each year, and I think maybe Mike Evans, you know, feels a little safer. Um, and I know there's a lot of excitement with with Jameis and and Arians there in Tampa, and he he just had an amazing year, right? I think he had what 1,500 yards. I mean, ridiculous year that he just put up this last year but um I, I like the pick i think i think the, those guys are really close and um i don't have a problem at all taking hill there what about so let's go tyree let's just go quickly uh, uh juju or tyreek or Devonte or tyreek are you still taking both those guys in front of them oh i i Devonte adams for me uh, i Devonte adams okay is probably my number two dynasty wide receiver right now and then juju just quickly juju or tyreek juju. Oh, that's tough. You know, I didn't have the choice at the time. I love Juju. I, I might have gone Juju Smith-Schuster, which I'm not sure is the right choice. But, yeah, I love Juju with his age. And I, I just see, think he's going to be viable in the league for a long time. What about you, Trey? Um, I think that I would take Tyreek over those guys. Devonta Adams, it would be close. Man, that would be a really, really difficult decision. Um, but I would take both of them over Juju. Yeah, I think I'd go Devonta, Tyreek, Juju in that scenario. Let's move on. We've got some other wide receivers that pop and some running backs. It's, it's all running, running backs and wide receivers with one exception in round two. So after Beckham goes off the board of the 201, Mike Evans, the 202, Kyle takes Julio Jones, the 203. He may be old, but he's still stud, still has a lot of value in Dynasty. The 204, Joe Mixon, uh, our own, very own at fantasy Joe underscore Will took Joe Mixon. James the Brain at the 205, Melvin Gordon. John Bosch at the 206, Dalvin Cook. At the 207, Paul Pertichese took Keenan Allen. At the 208, Trey took Stephon Diggs. Travis May at the 209 took James Conner. At the 210, Jake Anderson, Antonio Brown. So the, this is a guy that's slipping in value, but still in our draft, he went at the 210. Peter Howard at the 211 took David Johnson. And then Karen took... Andrew Luck with the 212, which I think is a great value for Andrew Luck. You know, in a super flex league, getting him in the second round, I, I love that pick. That might be my favorite pick of round two. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's uh, these stud running backs or some of these at least, you know, we hope they'll be stud running backs. You know, the jury's, I guess, is still out of Dalvin Cook. Joe Mixon hasn't really put it together for a whole season yet. Um, guy like James Conner, you know, still – Maybe a bit of a mystery. He's done it one, you know, one season with the 209. What do, you, what do you guys think of these running backs and wide receivers here? you have any major issues with any of these picks, or are you guys cool with all of them? I think it's a little too early for Julio, uh, given age. And uh, I guess, like, you know, with the, he doesn't have a massive injury history. But I think that his, that type of body type is going to wear down faster, is my opinion. As far as the guys behind him, I may take a couple of those guys ahead of him. Uh, I think. Joe Mixon was the best pick of this round by far because I chose him. But, I, you, you know, yes, we've gone through that episode. I have a lot of faith in Joe Mixon still and what he's going to be able to do. And I think with that offensive change, his value increase could go up quite a bit. Um, the other one is, I think, so Antonio Brown, 
going that far after Julio Jones is interesting. And then before David Johnson, I would take David Johnson over Antonio Brown. And then I would probably take David Johnson over James Conner, but it'd be close. Trey, your thoughts on the second round. Yeah. None of these picks really stand out to me as being egregious. Um, I do think um, Julio and Antonio Brown are guys that while they still have some uh, production short term, um, probably a little early for me. I don't think I'd take either of them in the second round range. Um, I, I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, you, you look at these running backs and, um, you know, Melvin Gordon is, I think, the, you know, the one that's got the, the best, um, you know, solid production over multiple seasons over the past few years. And I think the best outlook potentially for 2019. Um, and, and everyone else, I think that, that, you know, Dalvin Cook with the injury concerns, Joe Mixon just hasn't quite, put it all together, but I, I think that he's on the precipice and still incredibly young. Um, I, I do like mixing the most of that group. Connor, man, I, I'm just a little nervous still to spend a second round startup pick on him. He, he's not a guy I probably would, would draft in the second round. And, and then David Johnson, I think there's a lot of promise. I think, I think that he probably gains value this upcoming year. Um, so I, I don't, I don't hate that pick if you're going to take running back at the end of the second round and, and adding him to Todd Gurley there for, uh, Peter Howard was a, a pretty solid tandem to start with. I mean, if you go back, you know, 18 months ago, you know, that, that, that's like the 101, 102, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting to me about this, we're through two rounds, only three quarterbacks off the board, Mahomes, Rogers, and Luck, which I think is very interesting. And I think that just goes to show you with Superflex leagues, number one, you never know what's going to happen in the Superflex draft and what value is going to fall to you. And number two, I think it's maybe this this is the you know new way to approach superflex is I think even a couple of years ago you really had to go heavy early on quarterbacks in a superflex league and in this draft you've seen that you don't necessarily have to do it although I think this draft might be different than most because this is a bunch of hardcore dynasty people and we were probably kind of daring each other to wait on quarterbacks and I think maybe that's what happened here so I'm not sure any any thoughts on the quarterback situation that. We're through two rounds, only three QBs off the board. And a lot of Superflex startup leagues, that would be highly unusual. Yeah, I'm floored. Uh, and Trey, your next quarterback pick I thought was incredible uh, at that, that spot. I really enjoyed that. And so that's uh, – I, I don't know. I think he belongs in these rounds, and that, that would be an easy pick. Like, if someone were to offer me in a Superflex super league, uh, I'm just going to say it, Deshaun Watson for James Conner, I'd snatch that up. You know, if I, as long as I didn't have, like, a myriad of other quarterbacks on the team. Yeah, and just looking ahead, even through the third round, only two more quarterbacks go off the board in the third round. We'll get to that in a second. But Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. So, through three rounds, only five quarterbacks. It's wild. And, and Trey, you, you got a, a great deal in the third round. At the 305, you got Deshaun Watson. It, was that surprising to you? Yeah, it was really surprising because, to be completely honest, I had a very difficult time passing on Deshaun Watson at the, uh, what it was at the 209, right? So, or, or 208. 208. Yeah, 208. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was super tempted after going Mahomes in the first, you know, the thought of starting off a, a super flex um, draft with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson had me salivating. Um, but, but I really like Stefan Diggs a lot and I like getting a stud wide receiver one. And so when uh, Watson made it back to me, at the the two hundred five or three hundred five, I was leaping for joy. Is Deshaun Watson <laughs> uh, 
shockingly Irish now. <laughs> I, like, I like this. He he did not play for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Well, no, I'm afraid not. Yeah, no, because uh, I like to shock. <laughs> <Boston. laughs> um, okay, uh, third round. Let, let's just go through the third round. Then we'll jump into that. Uh, so Karen had another pick. You know, she's on the turn here between the second and third round. So she took Amari Cooper with the 301. Peter Howard, Adam Thielen, 302. Jake Anderson at the 303. First tight end off the board, the mighty Travis Kelsey. 304, Travis May took Brandon Cooks. The 305, the aforementioned Deshaun Watson pick by Trey. Paul Pertichese with the 306 took Le'Veon Bell. At the 307, John Bosch took Nick Chubb. A.J. Green went to James the Brain at the 308. Russell Wilson went to Will at the 309. A great pick there. Nice value. Kyle Richardson took Zach Ertz at the 310. Tim Torch took Corey Davis at the 311. One of my favorite guys. And then at the 312, I decided to take George Kittle off the board at 36 overall. So... You know, now we've got our first, you know, first three Titans off the board, a couple of quarterbacks, um, you know, some interesting guys that got drafted in this round, like Le'Veon Bell, um, A.J. Green, an aging wide receiver, but a guy that can still put up numbers when he's healthy. Corey Davis, very polarizing guy. What, what are you guys' thoughts on this third round? So to begin, I, wa- I want to look at some of the, the people who I think made some interesting third round picks. And one of them is, is Travis May. Travis May, I listen to and read his stuff quite a bit, and I respect him. As a, as a fantasy analyst, I love his opinions on things and the way he dives into it and explains where he comes from. And I think it would be a very interesting conversation to hear about you know, all, all the picks exactly and why. Because he went McCaffrey at 104, which I feel like is a bold statement at this point in time for the running back to go there. But then he comes back uh, and goes James Conner at the 209 and then Brandon Cooks at the 304. So all of his picks – that I've seen so far are guys that in my head at the time I were feeling like a little bit of a reach. And so that's why for me, I'm going back and kind of reassessing what my, you know, values are and what I think based on what a person like him picks. Uh, the other one would be, you know, like Tim Torch, what he was doing uh, in these two rounds as well. Cause he grabbed Julio Jones. Uh, oh no, sorry, 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 sorry. He went, he went, he went Mike Evans uh, in this round and came back and went Corey Davis. So I think, the, the Corey Davis pick, I just would love to talk to him about that. Anyway, he's also another guy we've had on the show quite a bit, and I respect, I respect him a ton. And I think that's, that's fun, and that's a great purpose of this mock, is to look at these guys and maybe find out a little bit more or read about what they think if they were different than what your opinion was. I know that was kind of a diatribe. and didn't specifically talk about any picks. But I, <laughs> I didn't hit on that earlier in, in the mock and saying that, you know, we have people in here like Paul Pertichese, uh, and I can just go down the list, and, and Peter Howard and Jay and everybody. These are like people you're, you want to spend your time following up and reading about why these picks went where they did. Because I think that we just had some really, really interesting results. Yeah, for sure. And, and this, this is going to be a multi-part episode. And I, the next part of, of the draft, we're going to get into more comments from the, the people that were involved in the draft. Because the first, you know, the first two, three rounds – you know, kind of what you'd expect. But as we get deeper into the draft, you see some more and more, um, you know, picks that are a little bit out of the ordinary that not everyone would make. But we do see some of those in this round as well. Uh, Trey, do you, uh, do you want to give some thoughts? I, I, I will just say quickly that I like, you know, I, I like those wide receivers. I think in the third round, getting a guy like Brandon Cooks that's still a younger wide receiver, 
He's in a great offense. He's consistently put up really solid numbers. Um, you know, what, what has he done every year he's been in the league? Or is he like, you know, a high-end wide receiver too? I'm generalizing, of course. So I think that's a great value there. It's a great pick. I mean, I would have rather had Deshaun Watson where Trey took him, you know, the pick after. But I can see the Cooks pick. And then Corey Davis is one of those guys. Either you love him or hate him. There's a lot to like about Corey Davis, but there is a lot to dislike too. So, uh, Trey, what are your thoughts third round? Well, one, one note, um, the Nick Chubb pick, I thought, you know, we, we just talked about that I felt like Nick Chubb was a huge sell because of the fact that he was going at like the 201 in, in ADP. And you can say, well, this is super flex. Well, you know, only four quarterbacks went before him. So I, I was really happy to see Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb at the 307 is wonderful, right? Nick Chubb at the 201, way too high. So I, I think Nick Chubb settled in and, and I really have a, a pretty significant amount of respect for most of the people, really all of these guys in this mock. And, and I don't think that there's anyone here that's, that's going at this, you know, with, without a decent strategy. Um, having said that, I'm going to say something that is going to probably be a continued drumbeat for me this offseason and it's related to the tight end picks here. I don't mind the, the Travis Kelsey pick. I think he's a, a big difference maker and essentially like the one B on the most dynamic offense in the NFL or at least one of the. Um, but for me, Zach Ertz and, and um, George Kittle at the end of the third round is just too rich. And, and part of that is because, you know, Zach Ertz is coming off the highest number of targets in his career by I think like 40. I mean, he had, uh, he was number six in the NFL last year among all positions as far as targets. If you look at his production in his six year NFL career, last year was a huge outlier in terms of his um, targets, receptions and, and yardage. And I think he was kind of the only show in town kind of thing. And, and I feel the same way about George Kittle, obviously Kittle's, you know, track record is not six years long in the NFL, but, you know, kind of being one of the only shows in town, I anticipate, that the 49ers are going to add some other pass catchers there. Uh, and so, you know, don't mishear me. I'm not saying I don't think Zach Ertz is a good tight end, and I don't think George Kittle's a good tight end. I just don't. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, they're, they're one of the – they're basically the third person you're adding to your startup. And in a super flex league, I mean, this is not even tight end premium. So for me, you know, basically the next – you know, five quarterbacks that win after these guys over the next two rounds, I would rather have than either of these tight ends. Um, and, and I know that there's some value to, to having an elite tight end because after that, it's kind of a wasteland. But I just anticipate that both Ertz and Kittle's production in 2019 will will be a decent dip from where they were in um, in 2018. So their value is a little, little high for me right now. So as the guy that took George Kittle, let me – talk about my thought process behind the pick. Um, I, and I think you make some great points, Trey, and, and, and I don't completely disagree with you because my thinking going into this 3-4 turn, and I took Baker Mayfield with the 401. So I was thinking, okay, I'm going to take two QBs here. I'm going to grab two QBs. But seeing how the draft was going, I thought, okay, I'm going to just see what happens. I'm going to see what happens if I wait to take another quarterback. I'm going to take Baker Mayfield here. And even though I don't necessarily think Baker Mayfield is – you know, the number six dynasty quarterback overall, he has tremendous value. And I think that's only going to rise. And he's a guy that I could, I thought, okay, he's valuable. He's a guy that for the value here, I like to get him at the 401 and the same with George Kittle. I, I think, you know, there's the perception is there's the big three tight ends, 
George Kittle is one of them. And I didn't necessarily like the guys after. I mean, yeah, I, I liked the quarterbacks after, and I, I could have done two QBs here. But, you know, the guys that went right after, you know, you got guys like Leonard Fournette, uh, on Johnson. I'll leave the QBs out. Sonny Michelle, Darius Geis, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore. Um, of all those guys, I like DJ Moore the most if I wasn't going to take a quarterback. And I just felt, you know, I'm going to go with George Kittle. I think it gives me a positional advantage. And I just don't love my other options. Obviously, if this had been a draft where you could trade out of the pick, I probably would have considered trading out, getting some more picks. So that was my thought process. And it was a little bit of an experimentation too. This is a mock draft. And in a mock draft, you kind of, you know, play and see how you like your team. So that's my thought process behind the George Kittle pick. Uh, and I, I like your reasoning behind it because when I make the pick, I'm like, this is, uh, if this was a real draft, would I do this? Um, I'm not sure that I would, but I, I thought it made for a good conversation. Uh, Will, what do you think of my George Kittle pick? What do you think of those tight ends? Do you agree with Trey that it's too early to take those guys? Or are you, you you're fine with it? I know you love George Kittle. He's your Iowa guy, and he's, he's, he's you know, has the potential to have a really long career and, and contribute to dynasty teams for a long time. <laughs> Well, God, yeah, well, God bless. I mean, he's going to be amazing with Iowa. So the, I, I don't know. It's tough because the, I, I don't think Ertz is peaked out at, at where he could go. I know his target in reception, should, like they were, they were higher than normal, but I don't know if that, that's going to change uh, next year unless they add another, you know, dynamic receiver that's going to be able to take some of that target share away. I could see Ertz still being that, that steadfast piece in the offense. I know uh, Dallas Goddard's up and coming, but Ertz can at least get another couple years in there uh, before Goddard fully matures into himself. And the thing that, that gets me with Kittle is he won't, man, just massive production and low touchdown. I mean, he only had five touchdowns. So if even if he doesn't get as many yards next year, I think his reds, I think the, in general, the offense will be better uh, with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and hopefully a better receiving core and offensive scheme overall. And with him and how, you know, how he can be – he's on the field at, at all times, I think he has a better touchdown upside. I mean, if he has 10 touchdowns next year, are we going to be surprised? So I think there's, a, there's an opportunity there to, ride, to kind of even out or even rise a little bit in his overall fantasy production. The, the also, the, in one touch on the, the Nick Chubb point, Trey, so Nick, that was John Bosch. And in the, the round before, he went Dalvin Cook. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see, too, that you know, Dalvin Cook went around and one pick, he went 13 picks earlier than Nick Chubb, which I think is a super interesting point in this mock draft to the same person. Yeah, one of the things I love about this draft, you know, Bosch attacked the running back position really hard. He took three running backs first three rounds. You know, other guys took, you know, three wide receivers and all kinds of variations. So it was really fascinating to see how guys approach building their teams because completely different philosophies. Obviously, all people that are very experienced at Dynasty successful with, with, in their Dynasty leagues with their Dynasty teams taking different approaches. That's what I love about Superflex, that with the Superflex League, there's not one right or wrong way to build a team. There are all kinds of different approaches, and, you know, they're all valid. And it all depends on what your aims are, too. Are you trying to win year one, year two? Are you trying to do a productive struggle and try to build a powerhouse over time? So we all approach these things differently. I also think a note, too, is uh, Peter Howard, the, who's becoming, you know, a wide receiver analytic guru, if he's not already there, taking Adam Thielen at the 303, right? 302. I think it's a very interesting uh, pick to, to take a look into. Because just because he's a little bit older, he didn't have production early, he doesn't have draft capital, he has a decent contract. But a guy like Peter isn't taking a wide receiver like that 
just randomly. You know, I feel like he thinks about where he's going to set his picks up and what he was doing. So uh, that I thought was a very interesting pick, and I like it. Yeah, I think with Thielen's age, I was it was an interesting pick for me too because you could have got a guy like Cooks after or, um, you know, well, I don't know if he, how he feels about Corey Davis or anything. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it was interesting from the age point of view from my perspective. And, and what that Minnesota offense is going to turn into, you know, this year and beyond. I wanted to throw this yeah. out. I just looked up the stat real quick. I didn't even know if it, it was accessible. But, um, you know, if you, if you look last year, Zach Ertz had 60, 59 more targets than the next closest guy who was Nelson Aguilar in, in Philly. Um, and so I looked. And the Eagles actually were last in the NFL in percentage of targets that went to wide receivers last year at 46.8%. Um, com- compared to, you know, the top teams in the league were in the 66% range. So I, I just, you know, can kind of see them adding a, a wide receiver. I mean, they even attempted to, right? They they got they uh, added Golden Tate during the year. And, and so I just think that, that – I, I think that for, for Zach Ertz, I anticipate much more um, years in line with, you know, the 110 targets, which is basically the average for three straight years. Um, prior to this last big, big year. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting stat, like percentage of targets. So into position groups. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, Zach Ertz is a guy that, you know, unlike Travis Kelsey, he's been like an iron man. I think he's missed like one game the past three years. He's missed some time. To, so he's not as durable as, as say a Travis Kelsey. That's a concern with Ertz as well, but let's quit piling in on Ertz and, and Kyle Richardson who made the pick. Let's move on to the fourth round, shall we? Uh, so the fourth round, let's get to the fourth round um, for, for the end of the, the part one of this episode. So at the 401, I, I mentioned it earlier, I took Baker Mayfield. Tim Torch with the 402 took Leonard Fournette. Then Kyle Richardson took one of Trey's favorite guys, Carrion Johnson. Will went with Carson Wentz at the 404. Sonny Michelle, James took Sonny Michelle at the 405. Uh, another rookie from last year, Darius Geis, went to John Bosch. Bosch loves those running backs at the 406. Kenny Galladay uh, at the 407 went to Paul. Trey took DJ Moore with the 408. Travis took Jarvis Landry with the 409 at the 410. We saw David Montgomery go off the board, our first rookie in this draft at the 46th pick overall. That was Jake. Uh, at 47 overall, the 411, we had Allen Robinson. A-Rob went to Peter Howard. And then Karen took OJ Howard with the 412. So you got Baker Mayfield, Leonard Fournette, Carrion Johnson, Carson Wentz, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and OJ Howard. That's your fourth round. Thoughts, guys? I really, I really like the, you know, the, the not not many picks in this round. Um I think that I have any complaints about. Um, I think that the uh, the running backs there, you've got some guys with some really great upside, Fournette and, and Karrion Johnson. Again, you know, Sony Michelle, a guy that for me is a sell r- right now, but, you know, it's that's because his his startup ADP is has been a, a little bit higher, I believe, than, you know, than, than this. He's the 41st player off the board here. Um, and again, you know, there's been seven quarterbacks that went ahead of him. But um, I really like the way that this this um, you kind of start to see um, the the quarterback position. You know, there's seven have been taken now, but you know, there's there's over twice that uh, for wide receiver running back. So people continuing to wait at quarterback, I think, continues to be a theme. 
And um, so I don't, I don't have too much negative to say about really many of these picks. Man, in, in the Superflex League, Trey, if, if it's, you know, the fourth round and I only have one quarterback on my roster, I'm very nervous. So the fact that only seven had gone here, knowing that I'm not picking again until the 512, it made me very, very happy. And I, and I feel like we'll, we'll get to that in the next episode, but I feel, feel good with the quarterbacks I ended up with. Will, you're, you're pounding the quarterbacks, man. Um, how, how do you feel about your team so far? You got Carson Wentz with your pick this round and this the fourth round in general. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I like where he ended up in taking him here. I, I wanted the upside of Carson Wentz and that offense, and I do still believe in him. But after the way the rest of the draft played out, I wish I didn't. I mean, this is where I would – I guess I would have preferred to take, you know, you know, a guy like, like Sony Michelle or Darius Geis who has a little bit more upside at running back and could be that stalwart as, as a part of your offense. Those are the two in particular that stand out for me. I don't even, wouldn't even mind taking Kenny Galladay and grabbing a good receiver and what I think is a guy, again, who is, who is pretty high upside there. Uh, just based on the way the draft played out, that's because uh, when we get later on in the rounds, like the sixth round, the quarterbacks that were there and who I took, I ended up, like, I feel like slightly playing in play at that point. But anyway, I, like, I, I liked the pick at the time, but then afterwards, I had just a little bit of buyer's remorse because, in my mind, not enough quarterbacks went off the board before – my, the end of my next two picks. So, like, looking into the sixth round. Yeah, yeah, you never know with the Superflex League, though, because if you wait too long, especially when you're on the turn like me, there's a quarterback run and 12 quarterbacks go, which can happen easily, and then it's like, oh, crap, I should have taken the quarterback. So, you you know, I, I think in hindsight you may regret the pick, but I think it was probably the smart thing to do at the time. But, yeah, looking at this draft, just, just looking at an advanced preview, at the 903, Jake took Big Ben. Um, at the – 907 Tom Brady was on the board and Bosch took Tom Brady so you certainly could have waited yeah. for QBs if you had wanted to also I like the flag plan on OJ Howard uh at pick 48 overall I think that was I think that's a big jump in in you know willing to take that uh I, I don't disagree with the pick and with what was left on the board at that time but I was very surprised by it I did not. I did not see that coming. Well, remember, Karen is like me. She's picking on the turn. So I think you know when, when you're picking on the turn, you look and she's like, "I like OJ Howard here. Maybe it's a round or two early. I'm taking OJ Howard." And I don't know what her thought process with that with that pick, but you know that that's part of it too. I think when when someone's picking on the turn, you've got a while to pick. And in this draft, we can't trade. It's a mock, so that's going to influence your decision. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, but, but the O.J. Howard pick is bold. But he's a guy that really could emerge this year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with his value. I, I love O.J. Howard moving forward in the future. So, so guys, we well, – Well, looking, looking at the value after that, too, that's – I just want – sorry. No, go and ahead. I, no, no problem. Looking at the value after that, it does – you know, again, I didn't – I don't dislike the pick. It just was very – it definitely surprised me. Yeah, for sure. And let's save that one for next time. Um. Because I think I think this is a good start to the review of the Fantasy Joe's Superflex Mockasaurus. Um, any final thoughts on these first four rounds, guys, before we call the show? How are you feeling about your team so far four rounds, guys? <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll have bad. to say I, I love, you know, even, even though <clears throat> quarterbacks went a little later than I really would have anticipated them to, um, and, and, and we'll talk more the next time about how I kind of responded to that. But I love, I mean, after four rounds, I've got, you know, two of my top three dynasty quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, guys that are young. And I think that have, you know, many, many years of 
of quarterback one production ahead of them. And then I added Stephon Diggs and DJ Moore, you know, two um, young blossoming wide receivers. So for me, that's a perfect start. So it's super flex PPR league, you know, two young quarterbacks that both have, you know, production track records um, and, and two young wide receivers, one of which, you know, just had his first wide receiver one season. And I think still has, um, potential to grow even more and, and DJ Moore, who I love moving forward. So I, for me, I'm, I'm stoked to grab those four guys through the first four rounds. Yeah. It's a good start for Trey. Really great start for you. Will, any, any thoughts about this before we, we call the night? Nope. I think I'm going to save it as the rest of the team builds. Uh, that I thought there were I just did solid picks in my opinion, pretty standard. Joe Mixon was probably the biggest bold pick, but I don't feel like it was that bold. No. Joe Mixon is a is a stud no doubt about that yeah and and I'll say more discussion about my team build for the next episode I I just think just with the first two picks starting with Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham Jr I was thrilled you know with getting those wide receivers um but we'll get more into that in a future episode next week we are going to take a break from talking about this startup draft because we're going to get into a super flex rookie mock draft that's right the combine just happened We've got pretty much the same cast of characters coming back for a two-round Superflex Rookie Mock Draft. So don't miss that episode. It's going to be great. We are the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter, at FFJoes. You can check out our Patreon. You can be a uh, supporter of us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. You get exclusive Patreon supporter-only episodes by being a supporter there. So check that out. Until next time, on behalf of Will Greenwood, and Trey Barrett. I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Dynasty Joes. We are the Dynasty Joes. Stupendous, super duper 